My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. Sexy. Uh, I don't know why I'm giggling right now. <laughs> it's the late night recording, so there'll be a lot of giggles tonight. What are you doing, Sean? Which one? Oh, no, both of you are leading right into. Well, the, I'm writing. Um, I'm writing down. Like I got to write down the start time. You know, I think we already started. Yeah, but I gotta I'm write wondering where, down. I'm wondering what the tenth whiskey is. We only have nine on the list. <laughs> it's uh, free. This should all. be the intro. This is the intro right this here. Is, okay, wait. Okay. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, how's it going? This is uh, Steve from the Lost in Translation podcast. I'm with fresh haircut Sean. Looks like an Irish island. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what did they do to your hair, Sean? It's been in the hat all day. <laughs> I don't think you're talking about your hair, but I think he's talking about. Were you the, wearing you your don't hat really hair. high when they shaved your head? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's a classic bowl cut. Almost. You look like Jordy. Now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, Sean and Travis, you guys are here too. How are you? I am pretty okay. Sean, at this point of the night. Okay, we so we've interviewed we've interviewed two people and or three three people today, and I just want to let everyone know that Sean McCalder is he's really at the gripping stages of tonight. He's he's <laughs> gripping his glass and he's he's moving it around a lot. So this should be a fun podcast. <laughs> he's, he's also switched out his foam finger pop guard <laughs> yes. for every single interview that we've done today. This is the fourth foam finger of today. He's blushing that you noticed. I told the him sound quality, the sound quality through those foam fingers is fucking incredible. It really emphasizes it just helps you enunciate better when you have a foam finger to talk into. There's no there's no at all. No. No P's or hard S's. No. Zero. Zero. Okay. No. As, as interesting as this chatter is, Travis is trying to do a Sean like squeaky <laughs> pop, cork pop, but we're um so today. Today, today we are. It's it's March. It's uh, I don't know, Sean. Sean, you must have like a real humid room where like all your corks are. Or do you, do you tip your bottles lots to get that sort of effect? Just uh, the ones I. Well, drink. you don't have to answer it. Nobody really cares. <laughs> Just, um, all right, it's March. It's uh, Irish whiskey month. It's Sean Kincaid month. This is where we all celebrate the Irish warrior, the dark cloud. Um, it's actually the only month of the year the dark cloud is not dark. He is uh, he is a white sunny sunny cloud. Is there such thing as a sunny cloud? I don't know. Rainbows on the top of you're, the cloud. So you're be sunny. you're the your rainbow cloud. That's your new name for the. <laughs> <laughs> I love that rainbow. Cloud. I, I can go with that. But we are going to talk about Irish whiskey today. Not like we don't talk Irish whiskey enough. <laughs> But it is legitimately a month of Irish whiskey, St. Paddy's Day. So we're going to go over, what are we going over today? We're going over the 10, 10 Irish whiskeys to start your collection with, basically, right? We're going to go over affordable Irish whiskeys. We're going to go into the, I don't know what, just under 100 and then some top shelf 
options, but yeah, some some like possible. entry level, some mid range, and some high end. Yeah, just what we came up with collectively that would be good to get into Irish whiskey, in, exactly. of all of its different formats. Yes, to be this to be fair, not a suggestion. This is what you need to do because we a get shopping list we get commissioned on all these sales yeah. <laughs> last last saint patrick's day my irish collection was not where it is today and it's because sean basically just said go buy this go buy this so now we're doing a list of the 10 whiskeys and i find i have like seven of them because sean told me to go buy them i just don't have the expensive stuff that steve's telling us to buy but you're a reformed whiskey drinker mm-hmm. yeah i am and Sean is your minister. And these 10 whiskeys are going to are going to reform other people. They're going to go buy these Irish whiskeys and they're they're going to be like, "Oh, Irish whiskey isn't what we thought it was." And that's that's what this podcast is all about. It's a, it's a special category though. Like there is a lot of like we talk a lot of the cost cost face yum or yum based cost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you if you want to pick if you want to pick a whiskey category that has a lot of good value buys in it. Irish, the Irish category is full of them. Full. Full, like fucking bursting at the seams, full of delicious. Easily could have made a list of 25 whiskeys that all. Okay, let's not get carried away, Sean. You could have made a hard time picking 10. I'm looking at 25 (laughs) of them right now. But but we're trying to narrow it down to 10. We're not listing every Irish whiskey you can buy to start your collection. They're all essential. Okay, they're all essential. Here's a list of every whiskey, Irish whiskey available available in Alberta. On the Alberta market. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Travis has seven of them. And if we do this podcast next year, there may be nine. That's it. Well, he's not going to have 20. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Anyways. How do you, how do you guys, you just want to roll, let's roll right into these. Travis, you want to start off? Yeah, let, let's, let's get started with one of the first ones I bought um, for last year's St. Patrick's Day and I'm on to my second bottle. Um, I just was at Keg and Cork this week because they actually just finally created, not finally, they, they've created a Irish whiskey section. It's, you know, a couple shelves and uh, the guy asked me, he's like, which one of these, you know, do you like, what do you think? And I immediately pointed at the Kilbegan single pot still. It's the one with the red label. Did a little bit of research because um, with some of these Irish distilleries, it's still a matter of you're finding out if they're sourcing their whiskey or if they're making it on their own. What I did find out is Kilbegan, although it is owned by, is it Cooley? Owned by Cooley? They, it's a beam yeah, distillery. Beam, but Beam owns Cooley and Cooley owns or something. They own the production rights or something it's a little confusing yeah but the whiskey is actually this whiskey is made at kilbegan distillery and it's uh it's it's single pot still so it has oats in it which is back from an ancient recipe it's actually the oldest distillery in ireland because they actually kept their license up over the years even though they haven't been making whiskey but this recipe is an ancient pot still recipe and it's got 2.5% oats. But when you drink this stuff, you can tell there's oats in there. There's a cool, creamy cereal note that is, it's unmistakable when you drink it, um, which for me makes it a must for 
a starter Irish whiskey collection because you need to know what single pot still is, especially with the oats in it. Um, and this isn't triple distilled. This is twice distilled whiskey. So immediately you're going away from that common, you know, Irish whiskey, smooth, triple distilled. This is not that. This is a lot more. So that's my pick uh, for one of the 10 whiskeys. It's, it's funny because when anybody asks me about single pot still, and if they want to try any single pot still to get that, you know, the true Irish spirit from it. Um, this is the, obviously the first one I point to. And there's a couple other ones that are on the market in Alberta now that I will point them to as well. You know, it's they're not they're not masking any of the single pot still essence with cask usage. They're using you know virgin oak or ex bourbon just allowing that single pot still spice and mouthfeel and creaminess to stand out. Um, so yeah, I, I love that one. Obviously there's a hashtag Kincaid for kill bagging for a reason. Kincaid for kill bagging. And it's $65. I, yeah. It's so unreal. Put it on the list. Um, there's not many people that are going to look at $65 these days and say that's too much. So Definitely a good place to start. With a quarter of a tank of gas nowadays. Like, <laughs> don't drive anywhere. Go buy some good Irish whiskey. If you drink a bottle of it, you can just walk wherever you need to go. You'll never notice the trip. You won't no, I don't remember really it. Walk. Yeah. I don't walk very often. <laughs> Sean, who wants to go next? Sean McCalder? Yeah, sure. I'll do next. Um, probably... I think I've uh, talked about this before, for sure I have, but one of my favorite Irish whiskeys and very uh, approachable and accessible is the Writer's Tears Double Oak, which is a blend of single malt and single pot still, and also um, double matured in American oak uh, barrels from Kentucky and French oak cognac casks. So yeah, this is definitely one of my top uh, Irish whiskeys. It is um, it is triple distilled as far as I'm aware. And uh, this is clocking in at like $70, $75 maybe um, at, the, at the high end of the price point. And it's just a beautiful whiskey like and it comes also comes in at 46 percent so that's a that's a, a bonus i guess um but it's just a really well executed and that cognac influence is uh it's just a wonderful experience it takes you on a journey <laughs> I, I know we've mentioned this before, but you know a lot of the Scottish uh, distillers that release a double oak, it's always usually ex bourbon and ex sherry. So when you see double oak on here, you actually have to read the back because it'll tell you yeah. it's you know ex ex bourbon and then ex ex cognac, which is awesome. We've obviously seen some cognac finished uh, Irish come through recently and. We all picked it pretty high, the Bushmills cognac finish on our year-end review. So Irish whiskey and cognac barrels seem to go really nice together. Yeah, I would like to do a side-by-side with this and that Bushmills just to see. Um, I got both of them, so maybe I'll do that, sit down and do that one day. Not right now, though. Do it blind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And this was your Irish whiskey of the year, Sean, uh, right, for the podcast 
I believe so. Yes. And um, it's all. It's. I don't know if you mentioned this, but triple distilled. Yeah, I did mention that. You did mention that. Sorry, I yeah. missed that. It's okay. And great, great packaging too. I mean, they're they're nice bottles. The the yeah. box is good for seventy bucks. Yeah. Can't go wrong. I like the brand Writer's, Writer's Tears. Yeah, Writer's Tears was honestly one of like the first. It was one of the first like, I don't know, whiskeys that I bought in a price range higher than like Jim Beam or Jack Daniels. Honestly, I felt like I was pretty cool back when I was like, whatever, 20 something buying a writer's tears bottle. Cause my dad told me yeah. like they, they, they've always made, <laughs> they've always released some really good whiskey. And they really and, writer's tears was what pulled me into Irish whiskey along with my second selection, which I'll get into later. But, it's funny uh, you mentioned yeah. the, the packaging because when I was on my trip and not even huge into Irish whiskey at all, um, we were in County Sligo and where James, uh, not James Joyce, um, anyways, one of the famous Irish authors is buried and we went and visited Yeats. It's Yeats country. We went and visited his grave and then we had lunch in a pub and the first thing I noticed was this it looked like a book and it said writer's tears and I'm like, well, that's cool. But it was on like a liquor shelf. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And obviously being in that area and then coming to find out that it's a whiskey. And that was actually like a, a gift box that came with two glasses and a full bottle in it. And I just recently got the the mini one today actually. So yeah, it's cool. Like it catches your eye and makes you want to look at it further, which is so cool. Nice. Uh, Steve, do you want to go you and then, and then maybe Sean do too, because he's obviously doing way more than the rest of us here. Yeah. Sean's got his own 10 <laughs> plus an honorable mention list. Yeah. Plus, yeah. We might be here all night listening to Sean. It's not like everyone's been bludgeoned with, with Irish whiskey chatter from Sean Kincaid over the years, but is that the right word? Is that even a word? That is, is a word. Yeah. yeah, that is. Okay. That's a fair sure. assessment of what he does to all is of it? us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a best, the top 10 bourbon episode, Steven, you just pull out all hundred bourbons you have on your shelf there and just list them all off. It'd just be a reel, just a reel of just, yeah. Bourbons, that's it. <laughs> um, I did, but I haven't bought very much bourbon. I don't buy it as much as I used to, but I also, since COVID, I haven't been to this. I'm usually in the States four times a year. Right. I haven't been there in a year. Mm. So, um, anyways, I would say like one of my favorite Irish <clears throat> releases from this past year and which is more than affordable. I think, I don't know, like everything Monty Morris had it for around 80, $80, I think is the, uh, JJ Corey, the Gale. And Sean and I, this thing is, this bottle has resonated with me, um, especially since we, um, we interviewed Louise with JJ Corey and just, just like listening to her level of passion and everything that's gone into the brand. And I've recommended this, this whiskey to a lot of people and I've not a single person has come back to me with, with bad feedback. They all love it. And it's a daily drinker for every person that has kind of bought into that suggestion. So it's, it's just like this kind of bright expressive. It's very like sugary and like orchard fruit, like that peachy on the nose. And it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of like a fruit bomb to me. Honestly, I, I love it. Very like honey ish and honeycomb. It's just, 
delicious. I put in the summers, it's on ice all the time. Uh, in the winters, it's not on ice, but it's <laughs> going down my throat. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Um, I don't know if where we my, all we I all know where it. my bottle is, or else I would be drinking it right now. I'm it's, I'm only holding it up because of the, the, the YouTube the YouTube viewer that might watch. Oh this video. yeah, that's right. We're uh, recording video now on YouTube. Wow, look at you guys! You guys gonna lift your shirts up and show me your uh, JJ Corey tattoos next? Or I would get one. I'd seriously get that logo tattooed on it. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, look at that! I do have the story. Yeah. somewhere like oh, a sample of a story i should be drinking that that was the one that uh sean felt like making his whiskey blend of the year even though nobody's ever had it or heard of it or seen it or <laughs> you're the only one it. in canada yeah <laughs> yeah yeah here's my whiskey of the year too bad none of you can ever and my get peacock it. tail Oh, your yeah. colors! Your colors were vibrant that day. They were just beautiful. Yeah, I. If, beautiful. If I was a female peacock, look out! Look out! Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's my choice. I think that if you're starting an Irish whiskey collection or, or wanting to get into the genre, yeah, you got to get that because it show it even like shows the capability of like a what they call us a bonder, right? Which is like a blender kind of thing, an independent blender. <laughs> So it's uh it's a really really cool expression. I remember when we talked to Louise, I even said like this <coughs> has the it's like the epitome of Irish whiskey, the taste. It's what Irish whiskey tastes like. If you want just one bottle yeah. to taste what Irish whiskey should taste like, that has it in spades. Yeah, I I agree with that statement. Question though, just uh honest question. It's it's let's say an eighty dollar bottle. It's got it says sixty percent malt, forty percent grain. So it's a it's a it's a, obviously a blend of grain. What justifies what makes it an eighty nine dollars? Is it is there? What is it about it that makes it an eighty dollar bottle? It's just a serious question. It's hell good. Uh, yeah, it's besides the fact that it's great. Um, with the batch two that we was released in Alberta, there was actually a. Um, you could find the age statement of all the different barrels. Yeah. And there was like 27 year old, uh, Sherry single malt in there from Bush mills. So, that's I cool. mean that, that alone would push the price up. Oh yeah. Um, no, that's why I'm asking. I, I'm not asking yeah. saying it's too expensive. I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you can go online and find the actual age of the grains that they use, the cast types, um, but I mean, Louise said she probably has two of the most expensive barrels of whiskey in her warehouse in all of Ireland. And like, that's insane. Yeah. It's uh, Travis. It's, so it's 40% nine year old grain in a bourbon cast, 30% 17 year old. So 30% of it is a 17 year old malt, like single malt whiskey. Um, 26% is a 13-year-old malt in a bourbon cask, and 4% of it is a 28-year-old sherry cask malt. What a so cool blend. Like, what a cool, $80, significant, significant blend. $80 might be not expensive enough. <laughs> yeah. No, considering, considering it's a small batch product as well, yeah. it's right. Like it's, yeah, those are significant um, percentages. Some Obviously some really good whiskey. If you if you go on YouTube, I think they've released videos of them actually doing some of their blends, and they use what look like buckets, like little like ice cream pails, when they're pouring out 
the casks and stuff like it's the coolest thing they use forklifts to turn their casks like it's so so small scale but such attention to detail and um when she launched the story with um the american facebook irish whiskey group um she walked through the warehouse and like every cask has a flavor written on it so they know what like a banana or caramel or whatever so when they're making up these blends they they know the different parcels of the warehouse to pick from and it's fascinating watching her do it and we need to bug her about a alberta exclusive (laughs) yeah we'll get there uh sean why don't you do the turn here and give us two of your 10 irish whiskeys for a starting collection all right well i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go probably the the least expensive bottle that we have and i will go with the bushmills black bush we talk about this all the time the bushmills black bush this one cost me 32 dollars today i bought it today um it used to be 28 bucks a year and a half ago most of the time you're finding it for you know 40 around 40 bucks it's uh you know bushmills triple distilled sherry cask matured there's like 80 percent sherry cask in here so it's for flavor it's gonna give you more than any of the budget entry-level bottles that you'll find on a shelf it's classic it's got the classic styling it's delicious you can drink it neat it also makes delicious cocktails it's good year-round it's an all-around just beauty of a bottle and you can't really get much better bang for your buck so if it's one bottle to start a collection with that's probably where i would get people to and you know there's lots of people that overlook it because of where it sits on the shelf and the price point and then through us talking about it and posting about it people have tried it and they always like why did i not try this before and it stands out so that would be my pick number one. And then I'm going to go a little off the board for pick two. I'm going to go back to Kilbagan, Kincaid for Kilbagan. And I'm going to go with the Connemara, the peated Irish, as it has been known. Um, nowadays, there's a lot more peated Irish coming out. But this was the one that, you know, Irish peat people talk about. It's not heavily peated at all. It's not going to, you know, scare people away with the smoke. It's still got that essence of Irish apple heavy butter tart or butter cookie. Um, you know, it's it's delicious. It's easy drinking. It's got that little touch of smoke on it. So if you've never had peat and you want to try it, this would be a perfect bottle to get into. And if you want to kind of see where the history of Irish whiskey, it used to all be peated and now... It's coming back full circle and a lot more new companies are going to be peating their Irish whiskey as well. So Turfing. One, what? Turfing their Irish whiskey. Turf. I was going to say we should maybe call it turfed. They should call it turfed malt. I'm pretty sure, though, that this is sourced Scottish malt for the... Oh, so that's Panamara. That's oh, not turfed. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's not, not sure. really Irish. Start again. <laughs> but it is a really good bottle. That it is. Yeah. Um, and if you ever if yeah. you ever come across the twelve year age statement, Connie Mar, grab that. 
I don't care. I'll buy it off you if you don't want to have it on your shelf. The 12 years is unreal. We'll definitely uh, keep my eyes peeled for that. I don't have the Connemara. That's uh, one of the ones on the list I don't have. So it's so good. Be, yeah. I will be looking out for it. And uh, your pick before Blackbush, yeah, I tell a lot of people now, that's just one to... First time I drank the Blackbush, I was just like, wow, this is a $38 bottle. I was very impressed. There's There's some stigma surrounding Jameson, though, right? Being like all all jameson is just jameson you mean black and you mean bush like most well you just associate it with the the shot in the bar or whatever right that like how often do people speak about jameson 18 jameson 18 is a, a legit decent buy for for what it is kind of thing i just right? tried that the other day actually the jameson 18 yeah it's it's a good whiskey but yeah. like it's not talked about amongst enthusiasts Anyone, and then if yeah. you go to the average whiskey drinker you tell them anything jameson that's the like the first place your head goes to is that what's in the shot glass at the bar right because you're ordering a, two shots of jameson it's four dollars well, that's what i did yeah yeah exactly so it's there's that stigma that kind of lies there and but that being said meanwhile jameson whether it be black bush or regular jameson or whatever is the what the most sold Irish whiskey in the world, so they're doing something right. Yeah, they, they I, uh, people drunk. Remember when we were looking at quantities of products sold in the market for Irish whiskey? And the, <laughs> oh the Jameson, God, Jameson, the Jameson was, numbers are oh, just off yeah. We had a, we, somebody in the industry send us like a list of the most sold Irish whiskeys in the market, and it was like like by volume. It was in volume. There's literally yeah. Jameson was like, let's just say up on a scale, like a thousand cases of Jameson. The next guy down was like a hundred cases. Like that was the, <laughs> that was the spread I between believe it. I believe it. what Jameson sold and what the next guy sold. It was crazy. It was a, I had no idea, but it was crazy. But if you think about it, have you ever gone into a liquor store or a bar and not seen Jameson? No, no yeah, exactly. And, that's, and it touches the members. whole world. Like I know yeah. on Instagram, I follow like the Jameson ambassador for like fucking Nigeria or something like somewhere in Africa. And so, you know, it touches like the whole world. And so you're going to see volumes that you can't, you can't compete with anyone else. Right. Well, they, they fill it. They fill a spot in the market. There's, yeah. there's no knock in what they do. No, no, not at all. <laughs> No, uh, Steve, you want to get you... your night started. Two, like I said, two shots of Jameson at Squires <laughs> in, in 2000, 2002, 2003. That's like I would walk into Squires and be like, two shots of Jamo. And then they, yeah. And then my night was set. And you go upstairs <laughs> to the, the billiard lounge. I didn't start going to the billiard lounge until I was a little bit older. Uh, we didn't ever That's play like... pool. We just went there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh kind of play pool just we would reserve a pool table so that we had a place to stand around nice, <laughs> nice. anyways who, who's next travis no we're going back uh bottom up oh so we're doing you. like draft style that's yeah, like a style. like a snake a snake draft yeah but i'm going i'm i'm gonna go a top shelf option is that okay that's okay go for yeah. it yeah is that okay with you guys every collection needs some top shelf whiskey you well, do, you and man. that's what i figured like we're we're trying to get people started in in irish whiskey and 
I just don't think that you can have an Irish whiskey collection without having something like Bushmills 21 around. Um, if it was, if it was 2017, I would say Barry Crockett, but that's much more expensive now than it used to be. I think Bushmills 21, honestly, is one of the best values out there. Um, I don't know what it's going to do in price now because it seems like everything's going up in price, but you could buy a bottle for like 150 bucks at one point. I don't know. That was only like, what, a year or two ago, wasn't it, Sean? Like I haven't really mm-hmm. looked lately, but it's probably only, it's around 200. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, 99. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure the last place I saw it was they even had it for less. It was like 189. So I mean, 21 years, it's under 200 bucks. Single malt, Madeira cask, like yeah, it's 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 good. It's it is great. good drinking, really good drinking. Yeah. So I'll put my peacock feathers down. If uh, Sean, you want to name something else? Oh me. Yeah. Well, doesn't it go back to you now? Yeah, yeah. I Are you paying it. attention? No. Uh, not really. <laughs> um, but yes, so the next um, Irish whiskey on my list is the other um, Irish whiskey that really pulled me in, which is Teeling uh, Single Grain Irish Whiskey. This one's clocking in at 46%, non-chill filtered, and wine cask finished. Uh, It doesn't specify what type of wine. It just says it's wine cask. My particular bottle is from 2017. I got a reserve bottle from 2018. Uh, But it is really just an excellent expression of a single grain Irish whiskey. And I know we've kind of, uh, there's been some chatter recently, uh, mostly with uh, Mr. Kincaid and his uh, Cambus um, crusade. But, um, you know, those really highly aged Scottish single grains, and then, which are great, but then you come in with a no age statement single grain Irish whiskey, put in some really, really good casks. Yeah. You give it non chill filter, you give it 46%, and and you've got a really good bottle coming in at that prices kind of range on this one. Um, but like 70 to 85 bucks and for a single grain whiskey, this, this bottle got me stoked on Irish whiskey and single grain whiskeys at the same time. So I think it's a great place to, uh, to get into Irish whiskey. Good pick. I like that. Cause this single grain, again, it goes back to, all the different options out there for Irish whiskey and how many times you talk to someone and they say, Oh, I really like Irish whiskey. It's smooth. Yeah. I think they triple smooth. distill it. And then you're like, they have Just no, stop. I mean, and again, <laughs> yeah, we're, this is part of the, like a single grain Irish finished in, you know, aged in wine cast. There's just, there's so many, so much variety. And it's like the two stacks yeah. guys were saying, that's actually a positive. If you take advantage of it in the, Irish world is that there's more options for some of this stuff like pot still. So uh, I'm going to go to round the turn of the snake draft here and snag this one, because this, this is a whiskey, as you can see, I've been, I've been going through it pretty quick lately. It's the uh, Tyrconnell 
10-year sherry cask. So I'll start by reading the bottle. Um, it says finished in sherry casks, 46% alcohol. I love the label. It's got like a couple horses running on it. comes in a nice tin can, which they've switched to a box, I believe. Is that right, Sean? It's just not all metal anymore. They use the cardboard uh, round tin instead of the all metal one. Yeah. I got one more of the tin just as a little, I tucked it away in the cabinet. I probably won't crack that for a while. Irish memento. A little memento for uh, for one day. Um, I did a little research. So it's made it's made at Cooley, but it's owned by Kilbegan. Something like that. Yeah, this is this is where There's a lot a theme of theme here. Yeah, some confusing stuff comes up. It's almost like Kilbegan and that whole and Cooley. It's like they're Loch Lomond in Scotland. Like they just yeah. <laughs> they own a bunch of different brands. They're making a bunch of different styles. So this is um, this is single malt, twice distilled. Both both of my picks were twice distilled, um, so it's sherry finished. They said it's in bourbon casks for ten years, and then they finish it for an additional six to eight months in Oloroso. So it's it's closing in on eleven year old whiskey, and just absolutely delicious stuff. Borderline sherry bomb, um, which is weird for a finished sherry whiskey, but there's a ton of sherry influence, but it's not a sherry bomb. I poured it side by side with Buna having twelve the other day, and I. I wanted more of this over the Buna. Um, Whoa, a little bit more expensive. Take. Yeah, that yeah. is a hot to shots fire. Oh. And it's not, it wasn't me. <laughs> this is this is where I get, because people say, oh, you don't like Buna 12. I'm like, no, I, I quite enjoy Buna 12, which is saying a lot about this specific whiskey. It's it's now going to be only about 10 bucks more than Buna 12, which is at about 90 bucks. This is about 100. Um, but I just, I enjoy it. It's really, really good stuff and uh, definitely should be on people's shelves. And it's pretty readily available. Sometimes a store might only have the port finish, um, but the sherry finish is usually in most whiskey shops. I was a port finish. I haven't had the port finish. The port finish is good. I like the sherry a little bit more. I'm not a, I'm not a huge port whiskey fan, but I oh, yeah. um the sherry the sherry finish is just a little stronger, I find. But I mean, this that, that bottle, the reason that we drink it, I'm not taking full credit for it, but my <laughs> wife bought it for me for Christmas last year as on a whim. It's it's a hilarious story. I won't get into it. But anyways, I got it for Christmas and just because of the sherry influence like you know i started sampling it out to people and i sent it up to josh and he's like literally opened the sample and messaged me and he's like go get me a bottle of this right now and i was like yeah no no problem then trav obviously followed suit and i'm on my second bottle of it it's it's damn good whiskey well it's wow. not it's not the irish whiskey profile this is twice distilled single malt so like this isn't pot still, this isn't triple distilled. This is pretty much scotch aged and made in Ireland is, is what it is. So, you know, yeah. right up my alley. See, I got a small beef with that because Ooh. I think oh, oh. That... Should, we, should we cue the grind? The malt no, no, it's or... not. A, it's not a grinded malt, <laughs> but like my, I really like, I am a big fan of Irish whiskey and their single malts are great, but I think they really shine in single pot still and they really shine in their single grains because their single malts are good. But like you said, it's basically like a double distilled single malt. It's like a scotch. Like it's not 
it's, it's not a whole lot different. It's just, it's a good whiskey, but it's not unique. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I really, uh, when it comes to Irish whiskey, I go towards something that either contains pot still or is a single pot still, or so there's more there's single grains. Irish. Yeah. Cause that, that to me like defines kind of what Irish whiskey is and why I'm attracted to it versus a scotch where I can just go get a scotch. Anyways, so Sean, that's Sean it. just pulled my pulled my whiskey from the list. So this this episode is called Nine Whiskeys. You should start your Irish whiskey collection with. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Sean, we didn't run these by you before uh, before the episode started. But next thing you'll be shitting all over Lafroy Sherry like Travis does. We, um, we won't get into listen, that. No. Canadian distilleries shouldn't use the word Glen or any mention of Island or whiskey or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where are we? What, where where, where uh, do we go next? Left, I, think. I think we're back yeah, to just... Mr. Kincaid. <laughs> yeah, Sean, Sean just owns Sorry. the rest of this podcast. <laughs> this is, I'm just going to go two, two at once because they come from the same place. And to me... There's, tell us how you really feel about this distillery, though. Yeah, tell us. Just really give into it because it's late in the evening now, and I want you to just, <laughs> just give her. Yeah, just pull pull the bung on Middleton. All right. First, I'll introduce the whiskey. So I have the the Yellow Spot Twelve Year Irish whiskey. It's single pot still, and three cast maturation bourbon, sherry, and Malaga. Um. I kind of picked all the spots. I just grabbed that one. The green spots are obviously way more available. Um, they are perfectly apt to fit on any shelf for an Irish whiskey, especially if you want that pot still essence. Um, and then the last one is the one, probably the most popular single pot still in the world. And it's Red Rest 12. Um it's just good. It's good whiskey. I'm not going to denounce that it's not good. I think my beef with them, and first I'll give them all the respect in the world. They single-handedly saved Irish whiskey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was solid. That was solid. Um, Middleton saved Irish whiskey. At one point, they were the only distillery in the country still producing whiskey. So, you know, all hats off to them for that. Um, my biggest beef with them is they, to me, they overcask the, the spirit that they produce and it's great spirit, but everything that they release is heavy cask influence. And it goes back to the Kilbegan single pot still where to me that stands out as single pot still. Cause it's just putting ex bourbon barrels, whereas yellow spot, you know, bourbon, sherry, Malaga, red breast is heavily sherried. Um, I'm not saying it's not good whiskey. It is. I clearly own a bottle of almost all of the Middleton stuff. But uh, Steve, when we were talking about the Barry Crockett, like to me, that is the epitome in, of the high end of what Irish whiskey can get to. And it's single pot still, it's just blended from different casks in their warehouse. And it's almost all virgin ochre ex-bourbon. And to me, that shines a lot brighter than dumping a fresh sherry barrel with pot still in it. Again, it's not bad whiskey by any means. It de definitely deserves a place on people's shelves. 
Redbreast 12, you'll find that comes up more in discussions about, you know, essential Irish whiskeys than most others. And funny enough, I bought this bottle in BC because it's cheaper in BC, which that doesn't happen very often. I'm going to I'm going to step in here for a sec because first of all, your your big beef with them is just that they use a little too many casks. That's it's not that big of a deal, Sean. Well, I have other beefs with them as a company. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's cue cue the malt grinding because we we haven't ground a malt. We haven't ground a malt in all day. quite a while. All day. That's right. All day. There's been episodes all day, and I feel like Sean's hair. Is, I think that the sides of Sean's head, are, the hair is falling out because he hasn't ground a malt in a while. So, so who's the grinding music. the malt? Cue the music. Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food. I've had the same haircut since 1978 and I've driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. Are you going to tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? I don't want to seem overdramatic, but I don't really care what happens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stay angry. I find that relaxes me. This is my hell. Sean, tell us what you really think about Middleton. I won't tell, I won't say this again. All right. My biggest beef with Middleton is the way that they sell their product. Um, you used to be able to find it on shelves all the time. And in Canada, it's getting rarer and rarer to find it. Um, the 12 cast strength red breast comes up all the time. And it's probably some recency bias as it just came out in Canada for the first time since 2019 and people love to claim that that's you know oh it's just like a thousand steps up on everything else but to me like it's it's good it's not great um <laughs> my, my biggest beef might not even be with middleton it might be with their reps in canada who just completely restructured they blew sean and i off Two week, a week and a half. It blew you, John. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> they um, they completely like left us out in the cold, and they turned their backs on us for a, a charity tasting. Huge, yeah, been, before a huge charity yeah. tasting after they, promising us the world. They've never been engaging to, though. And like, who stepped up though, Kincaid? We give them a shout out oh, right now. Brock Bush Mills Bush and. Mills. Uh, David Herman's. Yeah, and David Herman's and Sons. That's right. Davy Herms. Yeah. Yeah. They're the two brands that stepped up last minute and had no issue at all giving us Huge. a couple extra bottles of their brands to put in the tasting. So um, it was sad because it was probably the biggest Irish tasting that Canada's seen, and we had no single pot still. Oh, which that's a pedestal you just put yourself on. I've been told. Soapbox. Some yeah, people it, say it was huge, though. It was some huge. people say the world. The yeah. world. <laughs> no one's disputing the claim, so we're taking it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if my flag's planted on the peak, it doesn't matter if anybody else is. Um, but no, like 
it, it was sad for us because we both wanted some single pot still representation in an Irish tasting, and it left a sour taste in my mouth. And maybe that's the malt I have to grind the most. But um, no, I mean, yeah, it's single pot still. It's popular. It's known because it has the highest distribution and the most money behind it. But to me, it's not the best. It's not even the best single pot still. So maybe a fairly tame malt to grind but well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fire you up here a little bit and i'm gonna call you out a little bit do it do it do it do it because the the whole i'm going back to the whole cask part of it irish whiskey sucks you you are steve and i have been out here trying to tell everyone about bourbon casks now you love sherry cask stuff you you love sherry influenced whiskeys but now you're calling them out for using sherry casts. That's the part I don't get. And I'm not calling them out for using sherry casts. I'm calling out the fact that they're they they stand on this pedestal themselves, saying that they are the epitome of pot still Irish whiskey when they're not, and not in my eyes. Like if you want to if you want to show people what a pot still Irish whiskey is, then put it in a refill cask. Put it in something that's not going to have a ton of influence on it. You know. Put it in X bourbon that has been used don't, a few times. Don't cover up the the essence of the pot still yeah. with, with a like, cast. To me, yeah. To me, as a huge pot still fan, you're taking away from the pot still essence in all their whiskeys because they over cask it and use so many different casks. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. My favorite red breast is the Lestal because it's heavily sherried. Yeah. But well, it, this is it's my it fits my palate, but it's not. You know, there's other. You're not, you're not buying that to find a the, the, no. I'm not, not buying not that trying to pick a pot still taste. character out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's a fair. That's fair. That's so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, valid. So yeah, yeah it, what you're saying is saying we're an okay pot still whiskey. And it it kind of goes back to you, exactly what you and Steve were, you know, fighting the ex bourbon cask fight for is you want the distillate to stand out, and I agree. Like that that tasting that you did with single cast nation it blew me away those whiskeys blew me away it's not something that i would have ever gone and picked out off the shelf any of those but i i have i've picked up the t-knit because it that thing's a game changer though yeah how do you say that thing how do you say that properly i still don't know because you're talking at the same time t-ninic t-ninic Tienic. T T T T N T T N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N um and this is where this is where and i so you're you're the way you just described that sean <clears throat> clears you off you get you're off the completely because that makes sense to me right but and this is the, this is what i talk to people about about sherry bombs and a, and the big thing about like people are like look at the color on this whiskey and i'm like well yeah you're gonna taste it. it's gonna taste like sherry that's and essentially what you're saying is you're not gonna taste the pot still you're gonna taste the wine cast and the sherry cast and for sure you know, mm-hmm. we go back to this over and over, and th- this Bushmills Causeway that was would have been on our list if it wasn't a limited. The cognac's there, but it doesn't overpower the whiskey. It's it's a nice, subtle yeah. sort of contribution. But I just think, 
I just I think if you're just going to continually buy those whiskeys that are con- just overpowered by casks, you might as well just buy some like less expensive whiskey and t- toss some sherry in it at some point because you're really missing out on the whole fun of this, which is each of these distilleries are creating some unique, extremely different profiles. And you are losing those profiles as soon as you dump them in a first fill sherry cast for 10 years. Right. Oh, for sure. And it's like what, from a distillery's perspective, it's like, what, what are you most proud of? Are you most proud of the cask you're buying? Or are you most proud of the distillate that you're making? Exactly. It's like, show me, show me that you're proud of the distillate. That's honestly one of the things that bugs me. I love Edredor because they make some crazy sherry bombs and some sludgy oil, like sherry bombs. But at the same time, but at the same time, Sludgy. they, they have some incredible, like just the, the Edgerdor 10 year, right. Which is obviously not as some, the bourbon cask and, and that it's like their, their distillate, their spirit is amazingly cl- like clean and like, I don't know, fruity floral. Like it, it's, it's a beautiful spirit, but a lot of their releases, they cask the shit out of it. Right. And it's just. Well, I just don't like, I understand one-offs here and there, but what are you proud of? Are you just proud of the cast that you're buying? Cause anybody can buy those casts. I'm sorry. Right. Like if you want, if you want to taste Sherry, there's plenty of, I don't know, there's plenty of avenues you can go down if you just want to have a Sherry and whiskey. Cause that's like, like Glen Glendronic, a lot of that is just Sherry and whiskey. Honestly, they're just complete takeovers, cask takeovers. It's like, I don't want that in an everyday drinker. I don't. Weird. It, yeah. Glenn Alkey does the same thing now. Weird. Here's well, a hot the... take. I am not into sherry bombs. Whoa. Is there like... an eject button on this Zoom? Or... <laughs> <laughs> he just ejected. <laughs> but see, like, there's, there's sherry. There's thing. sherry. No, that's, that's cool. I like that. I appreciate yeah. that. There's yeah. sherry whiskeys that, like the Blair Athol from Single Cast Nation. That was a refill sherry cask. It wasn't a sherry bomb. And the sherry just kind of complemented the spirit. Um, the sherry bourbon from Boulder, it's very similar. It's like the sherry's there, but you can still taste that Boulder whiskey. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad to hear it from you, Sean, because I was you know, starting to think that you were just another one of these sherry heads and, and you really proved yourself wrong. Like what a guy, hey? What a guy. guy. (laughs) Stepping up, you know? I was starting to think you knew nothing about whiskey, Sean. Well, I'm glad that, uh, that one statement has really hairpinned you around here. I was talking about Sean Kincaid, but yeah, you too. Well, that, that too, you know, him too. (laughs) But like, even if you look at like the Dunvilles, the Dunvilles PX, like it's, yeah, it's finished in PX, but I mean, we've had whiskeys that have been finished in PX and all you can taste is PX. And that to me, that distillate stands out in those, in the 10 year and the 12 year. And Oh no! We lost Sean there, right when he was about to say something really. He was just like, like was, was, really groundbreaking. It was going to be groundbreaking yeah. statement. It was. It was for sure. This was like YouTube moment. Uh, like, yeah. Well, we could still put this part on YouTube where he goes yeah, silent. Definitely, we just, can. We could just yeah. talk. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's, he's welcome. Back. It's funny because I freeze. I'm sure, and you, you guys don't freeze for me, so I have no idea. You're just like, 
You can just hear, you can just see us being like, what, where did you go? Oh, crap. Yeah. I don't know where it cut out, but yeah, the Dunville's PX, it's, it, you're tasting Irish whiskey and it's in, just enhanced a little bit with the cast that they use. Yeah, they're complimentary, complimentary yeah. casks, right? Instead exactly. of just, yeah. Well, did, um, was it, um, it was Jason Johnstone yelling with Single Cast Nation, part of the launch tasting, and he talked about, he said, we, we've, I think he said they've bottled one or two sherry bombs in the history yeah. of the company. And he said, he goes, I don't mind a sherry bomb. He goes, but when I crack that bottle, the dram I have at the very beginning is going to be the exact same dram I have at the very end. He said, that bottle's not evolving. That bottle's not changing. It's a sherry bomb. I know what I'm getting. He goes, when I crack, you know, a second fill cask or whatever it is, he said, I know that bottle is going to evolve as it goes. And there's just, it's just the complexity. And for them, distillery character and texture two of the biggest things they look for in a whiskey texture man yeah you're missing distillery character immediately anyway it's a bit of a tangent on cast but i think it tied in nicely with with the grinding of malts i think that might also tie us into the honorable mention list oh which we might as well just hand off to sean <laughs> no, you guys can definitely speak to some, but I'm going to piggyback on your uh, your single grain, and I'm going to go with, honestly, this is one of the first Irish whiskeys that I bought that I had no idea what it was. Um, it's the Glendalough Double Barrel, oh, and this yeah, is yeah. A, a, a single grain aged first in bourbon barrels and finished in Oloroso. And um, literally the only reason I bought this is because I went to the Glendalough uh, Monastery and it's the coolest, one of the coolest places in Ireland that I went to. And I bought it for that reason. And now I own pretty much every release that's reasonably priced that has come out in Alberta because I love the stuff. And this is a single grain, um, double barrel aged. It's fairly young. And it's Ooh. delicious, and it's forty dollars ish. Not even, I think. Not even. Yeah, I think you can find it at thirty five sometimes. But yeah, when I bought it, it was I think I got it for thirty bucks, and that was a while ago. But yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's it shows again what single grain Irish whiskey put into you know not completely overused barrels, but into fairly decent barrels what it can come out to and it's chocolatey it's got a little bit of spice to it and i mean glendalock also has their single pot still that they released and they finished it in irish oak from trees that were cut down around the distillery that's a cool bottle that's a really cool yeah. bottle are they and, are they uh for their grain whiskey at uh, is it what do you say is it glen uh, i want to say glendalow glendalock glendalock Okay, I call I call it Glendalow, but it is are they using column stills for their grain whiskey or are they using pot stills? Do you know? I'm not totally sure. I know that they're fairly they're fairly young. So like the thirteen years that year olds that we have, that's sourced. Yeah. Um this one might actually be sourced. I know they are producing their own now. It's so sourced, yeah. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm guessing I'm, column I'm stills. Sure. I, I'm sure it's column stills, and just the reason I ask is because single grains usually in Scotland they're they're aged quite a bit longer. They're 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 usually not released young. Um, 
because they're just a little bit harsh because they're coming off the column steals, but obviously they they're doing something different. They also they also use like third fill casks for a lot of those too, right? So it's they're yeah. not using as fresh casks in Scotland for a grain whiskey. Totally. Well, I know um who's that company recently in I think uh they released like a six year single grain from Scotland and it was in one of those quarter casts or whatever. Um it was like a Gervin six year old and it was because they put it in Octave cast. Duncan Taylor I, Octave. Duncan Taylor. I have I have a it's a twelve year that I have uh Duncan Taylor Gervin in Octave. Yeah. So I have that bottle. Yeah. Obviously the That's, cask with a with a young grain whiskey yeah. has to be a big part of the picture. Well it's gonna uh, think, think of you think of um bourbon like the bourbon world, right? They're basically grain whiskeys. And oh. but they use but they use fresh barrels freshly charred new oak barrels right so they get far more kind of far more flavor and expression out of those so here's one for you with this glendalock it says right on there aged for three years in bourbon barrels and finished in oloroso 42 percent, and it says right on there non-chill filtered so you know, yeah, know i'll reach out to them i know no i don't think so maybe no <laughs> there is there's no way but um, I actually want to get the, uh, I think he's like the world ambassador or maybe he's part of the distillery team from Glendalock. I want to get him on the podcast. Um, just he's hard to track down. Does he know that you're doing a better job than he is? I'm selling his product? <laughs> <laughs> Ambassadoring. Am- ambassador. I tried to get, I tried to get Kincaid a job. Well, not a job, actually a volunteer position, ambassadoring for Bushmills today. Um, I don't know. Volunteer? Yeah, because, you know, we were talking to Jared and he was like, oh, what about a Western Canadian ambassador? I was like, I bet you Kincaid will do it for free. All you have to do is give him a business card. (laughs) He's already doing it for free. You don't have to give him a business card. Give me a jacket. Just a jacket and a hat. For some swag. (laughs) As we wrap up, uh, and a few more honorable mentions, but obviously um, Steve and I cannot not talk about just two stacks, the dram in a can, because you can get it and throw it in your shelf for 30 bucks. The guys who make this stuff actually said, yeah, 25 bucks, 25 probably. Yeah. Depending on the shop, or just buy one. So you can be buy one, lots of places. Buy one for yeah. No, don't just buy one. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. that's silly. Barriers to entry. You could just buy one if you want. Maybe if you're walking, to like I don't know, to the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, to work. But to you, uh, <laughs> the two the two stacks guys said they actually just the one. Uh, I think it was Liam said he keep keeps these in his fridge. He just pulls them out of his fridge and drinks them cold like beers. Like yeah. a beer, basically, um, but they they are coming in a bottle format here fairly soon. It's going to be about a sixty sixty five dollar bottle, and it's it's a five part blend. They think it's the only blend of this type ever made in Irish whiskey. So it's you know I think it's something that people will once they start drinking these more and more will want to have on their cabinet. We didn't put it in the top ten because we don't. Steve and I don't want to over promote our stuff. We like to be, we like to be know, humble. You know, a little humble about it. We and, know uh, that we have a better Irish whiskey than anything else, but we didn't want to, you know, like come out and say that. But. <laughs> so uh, honorable mention to to, to Dram and a Cam, which will be, um, what do they call it? First cut, two stacks. Yeah, first cut first will cut. be the bottle. Yeah, they'll yeah. be first cut, and then the blender's cut, which is the uh, cast strength version. Right. Any other honorable mentions? 
If you want to go like way, way top shelf, like my favorite Irish whiskey of all time is the Barry Crockett from Middleton. It's, it's like, I don't know, banana cream pie in the mouth with a little bit of like tobacco almost. It's wow. That sounds really good. It's so good. It's that is, if you want true single pot still, that's the one right there. I, I think the, the the newest versions use I think up to twenty eight year old whiskey in the blend that they put in there. Damn. Should we should we wrap this up with a Sean Irish your all time favorite well, Irish whiskey for a unicorn? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, let's do some Irish unicorns. Or can we just get we give Sean thirty seconds to just name as many Irish whiskeys as he possibly can without stopping talking. It's like one of those like name 10 chocolate bars. Yeah. 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 Like, like the Bubba Gump uh, where he names all the things you could make with shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Let's definitely do a unicorn session. I think we should roll the, roll the music on that. Unicorn. Once upon a time, the world was filled with magical creatures. The noblest among them with unicorns. Giddy Sean, name I I expect a, a few unicorns from you, Mr. Kincaid. I'll go last. I'll let you guys go. Oh, I know Sean, okay. Sean McCalder's got one sitting behind him. I know that. Sean McCalder, let's hear it. I, I do? He pulled it out earlier. Oh, he pulled it out. <laughs> he, he whipped it out for Jared earlier. Oh, oh it's actually it? beside me, not behind oh. me. But uh, yeah, I do have a unicorn in my possession. Oh, which his, is the his Bush unicorn cost. <laughs> It cost him $38. (laughs) Yeah, we don't like you for that. Yeah, I found this at a just a garbage liquor store, um, which should never have had this bottle, but it's Bushmills, uh, single cask, single malt, specially selected for Canada, mellowed in a single sherry hogshead, bottled at uh, 53.7%, distilled in 1989. And uh, I believe it's about 14 to 16 years old. Um, yeah, for 15 to 17, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but there is no age statement on 16 it. 16 to 18. Yeah. 17 to 19. Yeah, somewhere in that. It's a teen. <laughs> it's a teen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, this is, but I have never opened it because. It's I, good. Uh, I've tried it. It's good. I uh, Very good. I bought it for $38 and I immediately messaged Kinky. I was like, uh, do you know what this is? He's like, you need to go back there right now. So I turned my car around and I drove back. It's like, hey, do you have any more of these? And they're like, nah, we'll order some. I was like, no, you won't. Thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, pal. But that's a unicorn. And I'm going to say um, the that Red Breast 27. That I know is in our market, but far too expensive for me to ever buy or probably. You've never try. tried it, no. And you're naming it a unicorn. Well, it's, <laughs> I like you. I want to try it, 
as a unicorn. <laughs> it's not unicorns. Not- uh, unicorn yeah. should be something you've never tried because you've never seen a unicorn. Yeah, it's a mythical I creature. <laughs> with a, I've never wrote. I've never rode a unicorn, so I yeah. want to. with a horn, you know. <laughs> or, anyways, whatever. Okay, fine. I, I guess I'll stick with my Bushmills model. Fuck I tried guys. to show my kids the last unicorn on DVD, and those those. Have you guys ever heard of that movie? And the there's a movie called The Last Unicorn. I'll lend you the DVD if you still have a DVD was it, player. Was it made by the same person that produced The Labyrinth? or? Yeah, it's like, like along those lines. It's a cartoon, and there's these red flaming bulls that scared my kids. So balls? Balls. Bulls? Bull, bulls. 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 Okay. bulls. <laughs> don't, don't show your kids flaming balls. <laughs> Bit of a tangent. My, my dad always had unicorns around the house he, he always used to convince us that unicorns like were like protective creatures so like growing up i had a unicorn in my bedroom like this is <laughs> the fact we have a segment about it now is quite special to me um, <laughs> that's a beautiful story <laughs> my scotch cabinet such an emotional attachment to unicorns <laughs> every time the song plays a tear comes to my eye um <laughs> i don't have a unicorn i, I honestly i've never spent more than a hundred dollars on a ball of irish whiskey so i and you, you don't guys spend don't... more than hundred dollars on those bottles. <laughs> Never mind Irish whiskey. And and you guys don't share your expensive stuff with me. So, <laughs> um, my unicorn is going to be hopefully getting a cask of something maturing at Killowen. Um, I would love to get a PWS Killowen cask. I saw some cool stuff on a video. They had a. I don't even want to say it because I don't want to get excited, but I would love to see a Killowen. I mean, they. they put out such little amount of liquid i would love to see something with our with our names on it and uh at some point that's my unicorn something i've never seen but would love to so let me get this straight you're allowed to have a unicorn of something that doesn't even exist but i'm not allowed to have a unicorn of a bottle i have never tried (laughs) i was defending you I actually defended you. Sean. I just wanted to make sure that we are all on the same page here. I, with I the, defended the rules you. Nobody, of applying to unicorn status. Page. Nobody's on the same. Page. Okay. That's okay. okay. I, def- I defended you and said no one's ever seen a unicorn. We should pick so, whiskeys we've never tasted. So you picked one you've never even seen. Does, doesn't even exist doesn't like you exist <laughs> from, from now on for the segment we just make up the whiskey <laughs> my unicorn is at bushmills 73 years <laughs> there's gonna be a bushmills 80 year tasting 81 just to, to top yeah, the scots 81 years <laughs> yeah they've been making whiskey longer than anyone so they've got to have some in it in an old cask you would think yeah, it's an Amroot 25. There's nothing left in the cask. It's, it's just you just scrape the barrel and just, just get the, the sherry. Eat, the, eat a little the piece of char. You're just like, like hmm, char. <laughs> oh. Sorry, off off topic. Uh, probably woke my kids up laughing so hard. <laughs> should probably let these other two guys go. Yeah, unicorn. All right, Steve. I've totally, I've, I had a unicorn mind. I can't even remember it. <laughs> Just to make um, something up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say there was, there was a, for me, there was a bottle that I've tried. Let's put that on the record. I've had this before. Um, I know that Sean Kincaid owns it. <laughs> um, I wish I would have bought it. And it's a single cast nation 13 year coolie. Oh. Yeah. 
that was a that's a unicorn for me because I would like to somehow. I wish I, I just I walked by it at Whiskey Drop like so many times, and I was like, I should just buy that. That's cool. That's cool. I should buy it, and then I never did. And now I wish I really would have. Whiskey Drop and Sherbrooke carried it, I believe. Sherbrooke did two too. Shops. Sherbrooke had some of the single cast. I think. Is it Sherbrooke? Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke. The new one's called Sherbrooke. The original location, Sherbrooke. Oh, Sherbrooke. Yeah. Okay. They just added an E to the new one. Okay, that's good to know. But yeah, that, yeah, I remember. Uh, I I have tasted that, and that is so. I, it couldn't be a unicorn it's... for me, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be a unicorn for you because it's real. It's actually conceptual cast. Yes. It's, yes. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what's your favorite animal? Oh, it's a liger. <laughs> hey, what's your spirit animal? That's okay. It can yeah. be that. Yeah. I love that you asked Garrett what his spirit animal was, <laughs> and he called a red fox. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. He didn't even oh. hesitate, though. No, no, no he didn't. He just, he, he just embraced the ginger right away. I love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Oh, Kincaid. John Kincaid, can you just spit out a, a unicorn already? Um, I don't know. Like, there's tons. Like, obviously, the Middleton Very Rare, the very first one that they ever released, yeah. that's a unicorn. Um, the Dare Galash, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Ten-year Dunbills PX. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a unicorn that we'll never see again. But the Dare Galash, the Irish Oak um, Tree One Batch One, we actually have those tree? still on. Tree One? Yeah, it's the very first one that they did with Irish Oak. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's still some on shelves in Alberta. I keep my eye on them very you closely. Don't own them, own them all. No, they're expensive. Oh, um, I don't know. Like speaking with the guys earlier, uh, Irish turfed uh, malt. I can't wait to taste something that's done with Irish so turf. Yeah, turf malt. Yeah. What about the Glendalo 13 year Musinera? I have it, but is it not a unicorn? It's not worthy uh, of a unicorn. It's Maybe too Pegasus. real. It's too Pegasus? real. He has it, or is it just a really can... nice horse? Yeah, it's a like a, a Rowan, a Rowan like color Clydesdale horse. or something. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's still available. You can still buy it. Um, there are some like Glendalock twenty-seven, seventeen-year-olds that are insane. But yeah, I don't know. I'd probably go with something really, really old from Bushmills. Uh, like that, the 400th anniversary one was a big unicorn for me until I got the bottle or what was left of the bottle. So, yeah, no, I don't know. Like the, the Irish turf kind of intrigues me a lot for the future for something that doesn't exist in Travis's category. <laughs> Irish turf. Just made up unicorns. <laughs> I mean, so you're going to criticize me. You, you just you just named every expensive Irish whiskey on the top of your cabinet. Like, how's that a unicorn segment? You just named all the whiskeys you own that are over $300. I don't own any of those except for that 1608, which was given to me. So what were you looking at up there the whole you time? The He's just analyzing his life as he looks off into the distance. <laughs> He's got a picture of a sunset up there. 
<laughs> I have a picture of Ireland above my cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> Going around from, yeah. Anyways, let's surround himself and <laughs> we should probably I, I shut mean, this down. It was supposed I mean, to be a we, short episode. If we want to talk about it's unicorns not. that don't, don't exist yet, um, a JJ Corey either lost in translation or PWS or Alberta exclusive, that would be yeah. something that I would, and sounds like it would be fairly feasible to do so. I'm going to send yeah. this clip to Louise directly. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can sell at least four to 12 bottles each. <laughs> We'd sell the crap out of that. If anybody oh, can yeah. sell whiskey, it's the guys in this room right here. And if it's Irish whiskey, pff, hello. I'd probably sell, I'm not going to say anything. I'd say I'd probably <laughs> sell, sold more JJ Corey in Alberta than. <laughs> the reps did but i don't want to get in trouble i think our pot's like too late our, now it's our jj cool. Corey. uh well just the beginning like to start the year when we did the podcast and after that like i think we we're personally responsible for all their success here just saying <laughs> and we had it in the first irish invasion too we had that the yeah. yale and that one so yeah we really pushed yeah. that product so. so it's okay to take well, a little credit for i think so some grassroots uh product pushing yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They're good. It's a good product. Yeah. I mean, once the word got out, like there was people like Whiskey Neighbor, John, he did it on his on his channel and it blew him away. And I was like, that's the reaction that a lot of people have because they don't, A, know what it is because it's bonded whiskey, which yeah. is an ancient... Oh, it's a foreign ancient, term. But, yeah, exactly. But... The when JJ they, Corey, you know, the story would be a unicorn yeah. if you wanted to name your 14th unicorn. <laughs> Again, it's sitting on my shelf. I can't name it if it's sitting on my shelf. But I named a unicorn that's sitting on yeah, my shelf. I, I there are no rules. It. There are no rules to this <laughs> yeah, segment. Clearly zero. I'm going to go with any, this. Before we, uh, before we wrap bush. this up, is it? What's that? Sorry. Bushmills Blackbush is my next uniform. <laughs> is there any sort? Is there any Sean any whiskey news like from Ireland that's significant enough right now? I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. 40% of Chicago's substitute teachers can't read or write. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? Weather be to blame for that weird metallic taste in your mouth. I sure hope so. Here's what's making news. The White House Reception Committee greeted the Prime Rib Roast Minister, and I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. In other news. Oh, my apologies. Ha, 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 ha.
Um, well, a future guest that we will be talking to, uh, Fionan, he uh, basically we had to push this episode because he's doing his schooling still, but um, he did the ancient mash bills and uh, the two stacks guys mentioned it and it's that's super cool. Found a bunch of old recipes for mash bills from the 1800s and before and then partnered with Boan Distillery and they produced them as close to as real as they were and then matured them and tasted them. That's cool. Um, a lot of talk, I'm sure, again, same episode that we'll be talking to Brendan from Cologne. There's a big push there to, uh, in Ireland, to kind of change or reformat the whiskey rules to allow some of the uh, older, um, ancient or whatever, historic um, ways that they made whiskey. Because right now, like the Kilbegan Irish, that was supposed to be released as a single pot still, but because there was 30% of a third grain, the Irish Whiskey Association said nope. So there's a big push, especially from a lot of these little startup craft distilleries that want to do things the old way and use the old methods. So that'll be super interesting for uh, to see if that comes through. Obviously, there's that around the world. There's a lot of push for rules to come in. But yeah, um, just the fact that we read about it today um, in the U.S., Irish whiskey will take over. Um, scotch is the highest selling whiskey category in the US within a year or two. That's huge. When they, That's massive. You know, is it the high, like highest export category? It must be. Yeah, because yeah, not higher than bourbon. Yeah. yeah. No. No. But like the, of an imported product, yeah. So I think it was just, um, wasn't it just, was it compared to scotch? Like it was going to pass scotch. Wasn't that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's, that's so that's huge. That's massive. That hasn't had that. The last time Irish outsold Scotch in the U.S. was pre-prohibition. Pre-prohibition, yeah. And that's when Irish whiskey was still like the number one whiskey in the world. So uh, things come full circle, I guess. It just shows that the Renaissance in Irish whiskey is happening. It's going to keep happening. So yeah, I don't have, I'm I was shocked. I was actually shocked when I read that, but it's cool. I like it. They well, don't, just, for the record, they don't measure their their whiskey at a bar in the U.S. So when you order a Jameson shot, they short, they they pour you like three ounces. <laughs> so really, can, they don't measure it. No, oh God, it's like when you order. I don't know. Like the last time I was in New York, you ordered. You just order like a a Baker's bourbon. Yeah, and they don't. They don't just like measure an ounce they grab a small glass and they just pour you half a glass and <laughs> it's it's 10 bucks and then you go on your merry way kind of thing like it's, so it's not like drinking in the u.s is get, no like, joke when you get consumption like, consumption is cool <laughs> yeah you don't get like almost an ounce here yeah here you get just yeah they they short pour a, a one ounce shot glass and yeah put it in a bigger glass yeah it looks like you ba- barely have anything in your glass yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, just, we tried uh, to, we tried to pub crawl down the third street promenade in Santa Monica with some friends of ours. Like, yeah, we'll hit up every bar along. It's like a three yeah. mile long. That's a great, no great like street. pedestrian only. Yeah, and so we're like <laughs> the third bar we stopped at. You're just fucking trash. Oh yeah, it's next level. You got to be careful. It's yeah. 
it's crazy insane anyways um let's part the glass here and uh <laughs> and <end> this episode <laughs> Just just as we're parting ways, I Googled uh, news for Ireland and they have not won any Winter Olympic medals. Oh, man. Surprise. So, yeah, no medals for Ireland yet, but maybe by the time this podcast airs, they'll have one. Yeah. Well, Do we'll they be even have we'll be a team? I didn't, I didn't even look into that, Sean. They just have no medals. Okay. They just have no medals. Okay. Well, if I guess... If they're on the medal table, they've got we, a team. Even yeah. if it's zero. Well... You I didn't think. see their name on the medal table. Okay. Yeah. okay. Too many dram in a cans before the events, probably. But mm. um, So this month, like you guys, I guess everyone's going to hear from, who are we hearing from? We're hearing from Jared Bowler with Bushmills. Um, we interviewed the two stacks guys, and then we've got Brendan from Killowen and Fiona, who's an Irish whiskey mass, a sensei, Irish whiskey sensei. Is that what we would call him, basically? I have no idea. Sensei, he's it's, he's doing a like a like he a thesis on it, is he not? Yeah, Sean? he's he's like a, a, the authority the, when it comes to yeah. I was gonna say the go-to Irish authority. authority. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. So it's gonna be an exciting month. The podcast, I think, it's gonna be a fun March. Yeah, and that'll be like a it'll be like a basically Irish whiskey, like everything we're going to talk about history it, it it we could be there for, we could be talking for seven hours we don't know how long it'll go but it's it's going to be long <laughs> i i even booked to prepare yourselves <laughs> i even booked st patrick's day off this year with my holidays so i will it's, be home i booked a I day off I'm... on holidays just to record <laughs> podcasts wow <laughs> but I don't know. you think about like st patty's day like you think about the announcement that was made with restrictions being lifted on march 1st st patty's day is the yeah. first kind of the first celebration holiday kind of thing after it it could get out of hand. There's going to be a lot of people. Very easily. There's going to be a lot of people eager to like oh God. socialize themselves. And it, it could be could be very fun. I think my wife managed take that day off. Yeah, my wife managed an Irish bar back when, you know, there was no anything. It was just a regular St. Patrick's Day. And those got out of hand almost every year. So <laughs> you can just imagine how this one's going to play out. I'm off work too, Sean. So should we all, should we all just dress up as... Uh, Leprechauns? Is that Irish racist? Racism? I, don't know. I think that might not be okay. No, okay. Let's all yeah, dress up so. like ourselves, and then we'll just go have fun. We should all cut our hair like Kincaid and just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just walk around talking about bottles. That <laughs> yeah, it's a good head of hair though. Like, I mean, it, it's almost a shame he's cutting so much off around other than the top. I have to get it thin, thinned out every time I get a cut. Look how thick. Oh, poor you. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. That's our parting glass. Good night.